And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. The first time you hear the, the concept of Halloween when you're a kid, your brain can't even process the information. You can, you're like, what, what is this? What did you say? So what did you say about giving out candy? Who was giving out candy? Everyone that we know is just giving out candy? Are you kidding me? When is this happening? Where? Why? Take me with you. I, I gotta be a part of this. I'll do anything that they want. I can wear that. I'll wear anything I have to wear. I'll do anything I have to do to get the candy from those fools. They're so stupidly giving it away. This is the Bonus Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell, and uh, we are here for episode 199. We had a thing scheduled with uh, being live from Bleedingham, but there were some technical difficulties, and so none of that is going to happen. So I'm joined here tonight by Katia C., my partner in crime, and uh, we're going to go through news and stuff and probably be interrupted by all sorts of... It's Halloween, so that's exciting. Happy Halloween. I know. Happy Halloween to you. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many an invoice for my store, while I nodded napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as if someone rapping, rapping at my door. Tis a girl and nothing more. As I stared guessing, but no syllable expressing to the girl who smiled and danced around my store for a bag she was possessing and did not receive my blessing as the contents of her package spilled across the floor, Quote the girl. Please find some more. But down every shelf and aisle, nothing for a mile. No displays of candy as in Halloween's before. And my mind had started reeling, for I had a dreadful feeling that my store floor to ceiling was empty to its core. Quote the girl. Please find some more. Sir, sir, we need to find some more candy corns. We're all out up front. Oh, uh, there's a whole pallet in back. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so we're going to talk about some people who died. You've never done second hour. It'll be <laughs> awesome. So basically, I'm going to tell you a bunch of people who died. I uh, don't cry. <laughs> Number one, Freddie Hart. He was a country and western musician. No peaking. <laughs> um, uh, I was not a, aware of him, but uh, I saw online that a lot of people were affected by this, by they the lot with a lot of obits being posted and that kind of thing. I've never heard him. Have you, Freddie Hart? No, I'm. Not hip. All right. <clears throat> Elliot Nock Wah. He was an actor from China. He was most famous for being in King Hugh's Come Drink With Me back in the early, mid-60s mid or so. Classic martial arts film. Uh, Gilberto Benetton. He was um, co-founder of the Benetton Group. I love the Benetton Group. I, know, I was a little shocked because, as I recall, we talked about another founder of the Benetton group just recently who died so 
Not a good time to be an executive at the Benetton Group. Do they travel in three? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Hank Greenwald, announcer for the SF Giants. San Francisco Giants, old school. So many things af- affect your life yeah. more than mine. And that's kind of the point <laughs> of, of this piece, this, this section of the show, is the idea that there are people who who have done great things and then maybe their time has passed or they've gotten older and they deserve at least to be noted i think yeah hat tip right right uh let's see earl bacon bacon b-a-k-k-e-n inventor of the pacemaker very very good invention. very important very very important uh todd bowl he was the creator of the little free library Everywhere you see those little things. In Bellingham, there's like a million of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's great. And and it's a great way for people to get excited about books. Uh, Dorcas Riley, 92, inventor of the green bean casserole with mushroom soup <laughs> and all that. Is that with the traditional fried onions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, um, it was a contest that they were having, I think it was Campbell's Soup. And she turned in the recipe, and they were like, you win. And then the next thing you know, this dish still lands on Thanksgiving tables every year. And all she has is street cred. No. Yeah, she got nothing. She got nothing. <laughs> Campbell's was happy to <laughs> give her the credit, but there was no cash. Right. Uh, Tony Joe White, musician, he wrote a lot of hit songs. One of the most famous probably is Rainy Night in Georgia. It's a good one. That's a great one. Uh, Wawa Watson, guitarist for the fabulous Funk Brothers. The Funk Brothers, every single Motown hit you ever heard, was the band on it was the Funk Brothers. There's a great documentary called Standing in the Shadow of Motown that's out there, and it's a concert, and they talk about their lives and stuff, and it's, it's amazing what these people, these guys have played on. It's just pretty amazing. Uh, Todd Youth, guitarist for Danzig and Warzone. Um, fairly young. Uh, James Karen, that was a big one this week. James Karen was in Return of the Living Dead. He was in Poltergeist. He was a, a ton of stuff. And then finally, um, a South African rapper named Hip Hop Pansula, which I only bring up because mm-hmm. I like to say his name, Hip Hop Pansula. But also because he died. Yeah. <laughs> but I would like to take on the moniker of Hip Hop Pansula. <laughs> that would be my news. My new rap name. No. <laughs> let let it rest with the <laughs> original <laughs> owner. Please. Bar Junior bars are those no teeny weeny bars made for tricking or treating or simply just for eating. They're Snickers, three musketeers, forever yours, Milky Way too. You'll find them stacked on your grocery shelf. Hand them out to kids or eat them up yourself if you're looking. Have you a big Halloween? Mars Junior bars are for you. Mars Junior bars are those two teeny weeny bars made for drinking or feeding or simply just for eating. Best candy on earth comes from Mars. Hey, mister. Huh? Don't talk with your mouth full. So, going on to news, uh, we're going to go through a couple of these, and there's some good stuff this week, actually. 
Uh, let's start here. Gamble Del Toro is doing a stop-motion Pinocchio for Netflix. That is so exciting. Designs by Gris Grimley. That is extra exciting. Makes it even better exciting. The idea of Del Toro and Gris Grimley together working on something, yeah. especially Pinocchio, which for is sure. something that Del Toro's wanted he's to do for him. take it to the darker side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I can't even imagine um, <laughs> it so dark. the, what is it, Pleasure Island that they right. go to? That's exactly. going to be Scary like well. something out of Game of Thrones. Maybe. <laughs> Tiny Game of Thrones. <laughs> puppets. Game at of Thrones. Uh, Netflix and Matt Groening's Disenchanted gets a second season, which we've I not watched. I haven't seen the first one. Yeah, I hear I hear it's spotty, and I'm willing to give it a chance because Futurama took a little while to find its right. legs. Well, I think a lot of if you think of a lot of really classic series, the first season was not good. Like the Simpsons. Look at the Simpsons. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say that's, it's terrible. Let's see, uh, Orion. First of all, I thought Orion was out of the picture making business, but they're back in a big way this year. Uh, but they're rebooting Night of the Comet with southbound writer Roxanne Benjamin writing and directing. Hmm. Um, I don't hold Night of the Comet in, in as high as esteem as other people, um, and I definitely don't understand why something that was such a product of the 80s is getting remade in 2018. Because people our age are making movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and there's I that, love that in high school. There's that whole name recognition, too. Right. It's like, I don't know. I've never seen Night of the Comet, but I've heard of it. So, therefore, I'm going to... I'm more apt to, what, pick it up on Netflix or something? Weird. Sasha Baron Cohen was cast in a film on the trial of the Chicago 7, directed by Aaron Zorkin. Chicago 7, if you remember, were a bunch of seven people that were brought into trial... Um, about instigating violence at the uh, Democratic Convention when Mayor Daley, I want to say, sent cops in there and they just beat people up for no good reason. So it's not just today that people are shitheads, but yeah, that too. Um, last year there was a film, The Boy, with uh, the girl that plays Maggie, um, uh, Lauren Cohen, on uh, Walking Dead. She, the the movie The Boy about a woman that goes to work for a family that has a son. I'm using air quotes, but it's a mannequin kind of weirdness. And the mm -hmm. mannequin, I guess, comes to life. They're doing The Boy too. Um, Lauren Cohen's gone because she's got Walking Dead in this new series on ABC to do. So they're getting Katie Holmes, which she is weird. Bored. Yeah, I guess she'll do. Yeah, you know, speaking of name recognition, that kind of thing. Uh, let's see. Jean-Marc Vallée, who directed Dallas Buyers Club and Sharp Objects, is helming a John and Yoko film. Interesting. I'm not, I don't really care too much about Yoko, but any documentary or biopic in the right hands mm -hmm. is good. I think this is going to rest solely on casting. Yeah. And, and whether, and how sensational they're going to get. You know, because John was, and and my question is, is how deep are they going to go? Are they going to get into the whole Julian thing? Are they going to get into the first all of it, or just just focus on, on John and Yoko? I don't know. I'm shocked that it hasn't hasn't happened before. I just posted on Facebook, by the way, Yoko doing a live performance of Pink Floyd's "Great Gig in the Sky," and it's like cats in a dryer. It's the worst thing you've ever heard. <laughs> Especially because that song is the original so good. Yeah, it's hard to live up to something like. Well, we're going to talk. We're going to more and more of these originals that you just can't. They're, they're rebooting or they're remaking in some way, and it just doesn't make any sense. For example, Sci-Fi's channel is rebooting 
killer clans from outer space. <laughs> like I don't I don't get it. Make it cornier. Yeah, well, especially when you consider that sci-fi it's so it's so cheesy and so like right. bargain basement. So yeah. Nah, anyway. So they're gonna bargain basement down clowns, killer clowns. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. Lots of CG, lots of silliness, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, they showed a picture of Go- on Gotham. There, uh, they announced Bane, and Bane is this giant guy, yeah. and they put this dude in looks like a steampunk. Um, respirator thing, and it's it looks ridiculous. Are all the shots from below? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to make him look tired, giant, t- taller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's really five three or five four. <laughs> so the cameraman's like <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> uh, speaking of remakes, LeBron James is producing a new Friday the Thirteenth. I don't know who was calling for this. I. I don't even care about LeBron James getting into that, you know, being a, a sports person and getting into film. That, like, really is the least interesting Well, he thing. certainly has the money to throw around, so well, sure. I mean, you know, who knows? That that could be his life's calling, and he's fantastic at it. I don't care. But, like, really, the Friday the 13th, let it, just let it die. It's all of that stuff. It's everything that, like, we're going to get to... Um, well, we talked about it last week, about... Uh, the guy from Bloom House, the Jason Bloom, saying that he would really like to do make more pictures with with women directors, but he couldn't think of any. And then the internet immediately dumped a thousand names yeah. on him. Well, yeah. it just probably sounded like some good PR for him, like it's just yeah. good marketing. Yeah, they'll love it. It's yeah. yeah, we need to get broads in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman sequel, Wonder Woman eighty four, has been moved to twenty twenty. That tells me that it, things aren't going well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Jackson is going in and restoring both Bad Taste and Dead Alive into 4K I for Blu-ray release. So cool. Yeah, it's very great. It's very great. Uh, Peter Jackson. I love the fact that he's doing this sort of highbrow stuff. You know, like regular big epic films. Yeah. But he still loves the old chintzy, goofy horror comedies that he yeah, made, you know. It's like and like Sam Raimi, you know, you're like, man, if I could have re if I could have made my first film with money, well what I have done yeah. it is like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully Peter Jackson will have more success. <laughs> well hopefully and and hopefully this in my you know, from personally I'm I'm just I'm just looking for us to get that much closer to a four K Meet the Feebles because that's just fun. <laughs> Stupid and fun. Um, there's a video on uh, YouTube that I shared to my Facebook page. You can find it on there. There's a company coming from Japan called XM Creations. They're doing statuary of Batman and, and all of this stuff. The Batman figure has got to be like almost a foot and a half tall. Everything on it is machined and dialed, and it's way worth it. If you check out the um, Adam from um, Mythbusters, his channel on YouTube, there's a big section of it. There was a half hour one where they went through and filmed everything that they were had on presenting at New York Comic Con, and it's amazing yeah, stuff. really cool. Just like every piece they said was done separately. Yeah, everything from boots pieces. to like the reins are individual pieces of fabric. There's, there's rope that's like tiny braided rope that's on his waistband yeah, and really it's amazing stuff like I love when they talk to the 
the guy who's involved and he just gets so giddy when he's yeah. explaining. Look at all the the details that we did. Look how cool it is. Yeah, you can see how excited yeah. he is, you know, yeah. and f- f- worthwhile. I mean, absolutely, very very justified. Uh, looks like the Purge films are going to come to an end with they're going to do one more and then. But see, it's I think it's weird because they just they announced this Purge TV series that they're doing. Well, TV is easier to crank out than film, so yeah. maybe it's that's the logical leap, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. I just don't know how this whole premise has withstood this many sequels and then the promise of a solo or a TV thing. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Disney is looking to reboot reboot a classic franchise and they've drafted the Deadpool writers. It seems like they're going to reboot Pirates of the Caribbean. With all the Deadpool humor. With all the Deadpool humor and no and no, no Johnny Depp. Yeah, his that ship has sailed. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I got it. That was funny. It took me a minute. That was funny. Uh, Richard Linklater. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It took me a minute to get that. Uh, Richard Linklater is working on a biopic of Bill Hicks. And that's perfect. I'm so excited for that. When you I think of Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks, a Texan, being um, a biopic being directed by Linkletter, a yeah. Texan. And with what Linkletter's been doing on the Ted Cruz campaign yeah. the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm in. I'm totally in. Yeah. Um, there used to be a comic series in D.C. called Books of Magic about a young wizard. Very, It was almost like, a, and don't get mad at me, folks, but like a smart Harry Potter it was all like Harry Potter, but it was more mystical than that. Um, anyway, they're bringing it back. I know you're excited. Oh, by the way. Uh, rapper and actor Ice-T was arrested for running into a toll booth. So, those days of fuck so the police and cop killer are gone. Now he's running toll booths. Cause he's so edgy. He's so edgy. NBC fires Megyn Kelly for making some blackface comments. And about time. Yeah, and she also got dropped by both her both her agent, CAA, and her management. So yeah, she's out there with no representation. So great, finally. Yeah. Like, hopefully people will just keep holding the feet to the fire of idiot talking heads. Well, I think there needs to be a thing where you, if you say something stupid, you're going to get called on it. Yeah. And it's how you handle that moment. And just to use it as a learning moment for yourself as opposed to digging in and going, What? Or well, whatever. exactly. I don't. I don't think. I don't think she's gonna learn. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it. so either. She, not until she's really broke. I think. Yeah, I think it's a situation where you know, if you want to wag six, something like sixty-eight million dollars in front of me to do this show, I can curb my racist and bullshit opinions for. But sooner or later, you know, it clearly well, comes yeah, up. Yeah, that's. The person is. It's not ever going to stay. Exactly. And especially it's this not age. like anybody's surprised. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's talk on the internet and from Netflix about a second season of Haunting of Hill House, which makes no sense. Mm, I think it's... Yeah, it's, that's sad. They dropped the ball so hard yeah. on the first one. And everything they're talking about is just dumb. They're saying it's a new house and a new family. So it's why is it the haunting of Hill House? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like American Horror Story. They could just call it something very generic, mm-hmm. and then every season it just is another haunted house. Yeah, the haunting of any house. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
let's see, animated com- a comedic Star Trek series animated is coming from Rick and Morty writer Mike McCann. Or Matt, Mike McMahon. That might be blasphemous. I I think that it'll be fine. I think that it, if anything, could use to let its some air out of it. It's Star Trek followed quickly by Star Wars. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alexander Skarsgård was cast in Adam Wingard's Godzilla vs. King Kong. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? Not the audience. Uh, Wingard is reportedly remaking the Korean masterpiece I Saw the Devil right now. How and do you feel about that? That's a great film. I don't know why we need to... I mean, they're they're going to Americanize it, make it in English, but the Korean film is so good. About a cop who's a, whose daughter is kidnapped by a serial killer and murdered, and he the cop begins to find... goes out and starts finding the killer... The killer. Finds him, beats the shit out of him, and lets him go. Finds him again, beats the shit out of him, almost kills him, lets him go. And this through the whole film, and it's great. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Die Hard returning to the theaters Sunday, November 11th, and and uh, November 14th, playing at 2 and 7 p.m. Sorry, I'll see you November 15th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Mandy, the Mandy director is talking about a sequel Featuring Nick Cage versus Nazi punks. And I'm... Wow. Sight and scene, I yeah, mean. Like, I think it's great that Nick Cage is getting his heyday. <laughs> and who knew that? It, after all of this stuff, it took this Mandy thing to, to break it, you know? But I also think there's always been this core of people that just love whatever that guy does. He could get on stage or on screen and read his you know laundry list, and, and it's people are going to be excited about it. HBO has hired a quote-unquote intimacy coordinator to assist on all future sex scenes on all of their series. So they'll the actors and directors will meet with this intimacy coordinator to make sure that they're it's not going to trigger anyone or set anyone off or make them mad or or what have you. This is for the benefit of the actors. Making the yeah for the benefit of the the actors actors for the overall portrayals Mm -hmm. and for the messages. I'm imagining they'll run scripts to this person too that says you can't do this. This is this is whatever. We'll see. Good and bad. Good and bad. Good and bad. I'm hopeful though. Uh, This blew me away. There's a Jacob's Ladder remake coming, and they're going to make an R rating, which is, I guess, good, but who who called for that? Like, I, People our age, because we're making movies. Maybe. That's going to be your answer. Isn't it? That's so funny. But yeah, I just don't understand like, why... It could be like, you know, hey, I, my parents like this, mm-hmm. and like it's sort of a cult classic for me. Well, now I want to reboot it. Like I think a lot of it comes from that place, and like just sort of the the hubris of like I, you know, I could do it better, or I could do it just as well. Like I love this, and I want to to add to it. But like what? really, Jacob's Ladder was just so good. I think that what I hear a lot is young people aren't. I'm, I want to remake it so that young people will get excited about it and go to it. And and I'm as I think about it, I might be okay with it if they fix the original's ending. Remember the... I, I wasn't... I didn't feel like the ending was that bad. I felt like that was the ending that it had to be. Mm. That that was the natural progression of the story. Yeah. It just got really... 
For me, it got a little homeworky. Did you get some touchy feely? Yeah, a little touchy feely. A little, a little. <laughs> the last fifteen minutes of Haunting of Hill House. Um, oh no, 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 <laughs> no! Nothing, nothing stoops to that level uh, of hallmarkiness. They've announced that the long rumored Boba Fett film is canceled, and I think it's because they're doing this Mandalorian thing. It's a Star Wars thing. I know. Boba Fett has a huge following, though. There's, there's like a horrible, sad, crying out, I can't, like, put my finger on in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boba Fett. I got it. I got where you're going with that. Let's see. Michael Keaton and Seth Rogen are cast in director Glenn Figara and John Requa's. They both did I Love You, Man. They're doing a biopic on John McAfee. The McAfee software guy. That guy's cookie. That went bananas. <laughs> he went need to go bananas. Yeah, yeah. But I love Michael Keaton. I think Michael it, Keaton bring like a frenetic energy to it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably. It's it's kind of and he was able to he's able to make a really shitty person appealing because look what he did with the Ray Kroc film about and McDonald's. Beetlejuice. And, yeah. <laughs> and Beetlejuice. Yeah, uh, let's see. And I just wonder how deep they're going to get into McAfee's life, because that guy is bananas. And, and you know what? He is bananas. <laughs> he is bananas. But, but there's all this weird, like he's, I've seen interviews with him, and he talks about like this really sort of at, on the fringe sexuality stuff that, that I don't know that they're going to get into, but... I'm sure... If there's sexuality stuff on the fringe, mm. they'll it. it's coprophagia though, so that's not gonna. They're not gonna pull that off on on TV. Everyone's frequently f- or frequently look that word up. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Rock is going to direct Kevin Hart in a comedy called Co-Parenting. It's all a part of that same producing conglomerate that's making all the Kevin Hart films, and now they're making all the Tiffany Haddish films. Night School and Girls Night Out and all it's, that it's stuff. It's so hard because I, I enjoy stand-up. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy Kevin Hart's stand-up. Mm-hmm. And Tiffany Haddish and Chris Rock. But like, the stuff does not translate to film for me. It becomes a little wide-eyed and, and dare I say a little cliched and stereotypical. So that's fine. I mean, sure, it's comedic relief, and, we, and maybe we're thinking too much into it. But I, I don't know that that this anyone's really calling for this. But okay, sure, you never know, go wrong. There you go. Uh, Adam Scott, who was in Step Brothers, and he was also in Parks and Recreation, has been cast in Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, the first episode, to be titled Nightmare at. 30,000 feet, not 20,000 feet, but it's essentially the William Shatner, there's a gremlin on the wings, and they've updated it from 20,000 to 30,000 because now they're in jets and that kind of thing. Because we can go that high. Because we can go that high. And then finally, uh, Filmstruck, the streaming service that uh, had some of the greatest content ever, um, closed down this week because its parent company which I want to say is Warner, Warner anyway whoever their parents company was said that they're, they're themselves are going taking all of their product and heading in a streaming direction which seems to be we've talked about this a lot on the show here about everyone wants their own streaming app but 
it's it's a death of a thousand cuts because I pay five dollars to Shutter and I pay five dollars right. to Warner and five dollars to Paramount and five dollars to Disney and whoever else. And now suddenly my cable bill is back up into the hundreds of dollars, and um, it's just not workable. And then the next step would be someone who could strike a deal, I think, to be a conglomerate. Yeah. through these and uh, we'll go through them real quick and let me know your thoughts on these. Number one trailer called 3100 Run and Become. It's a documentary on a 3100 mile foot race. At one point they say this is the only race that we can guarantee you will be changed at the end of it. It looks brutal. It looks like the experience would be transcendent. What's the terrain? It's jungle. It's a desert. It's mostly. Yeah. It looked like flat. It wasn't anything too mm-hmm. crazy, but it's thirty-one hundred miles. So by definition, it's a. Cro- it's got to be across states, right? Yeah. Well, I was like, is it the U.S. or is it in a different country? I didn't get that. I didn't yeah, learn that. Was from it, it wasn't I wasn't clear. It up, but I definitely. I don't understand running. Mm-hmm. 
my dad used to run 16 miles a day, and I have a lot of friends who are really into it. And I'm like, I think I think it's a lot like surfing mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. If you're waiting for that big rush to come, so like well, as you run, it becomes it that in that rarefied air, right? Where your 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 every cell in your body is on fire, and you're pushing yourself. And it, it's I think it's a it's one of those things. My mind is driving my body. My body says stop, but my mind says keep going. And that I think it's those in those instances that people can learn a lot about themselves. Uh, up next, a very long trailer. I think too long. It's a dramedy on sexuality called The Bisexual about a girl who is a woman who has been in a long-term relationship with an older woman. They break up. She's, she realizes she's never had sex with a man, and she starts sort of investigating all of that. And, and it, the film looks at some of the collisions that happen between her old friends, see her changing, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it looked good. Look indie, super low budget. I don't know. It seems like there's uh, quite a few cliches thrown in there in a the long, long trailer. And I'd be curious to see if they pull off a lot of what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Well, and everyone has. I will say that everyone does have very. Everyone has snappy dialogue. It's all like curb your enthusiasm kind yeah. of dialogue, Seinfeldy kind of dialogue. It wasn't pulling me in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, up next, Swedish metal band comedy called Heavy Trip about a a band that thinks it's going to some big metal festival and it's about the the trip that it. I'm so there. Yeah, it's fun. It, it looks, looks fun. fun. Doesn't look like it's going to change the world or make you think. No. But it's fun. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Sub- subtitled, and and that's fine. Up next, a um, film called Monster Party has to do with kids who are breaking into homes and stealing them. One of them has a gig as like a cocktail server at some private party. These guys go there thinking we're going to go there, and while they're having the party, we're going to rob this place. It seems like the dinner party is for people who are confessing their addictions, a la 12-step. And it's only later, because I looked at the IMDb, you learn later that the addiction that they have is to killing people. So they trigger the alarm, house locks down, and now these kids are locked in the house with a dinner party full of serial killers that are after them. And it looks it looks low budget, and it what surprised me was the cast. The, one of the guys from yeah, Nip Tuck was in so it. so many names... I think it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard. I, I feel like the idea is original. Yeah, fairly original. Yeah. The only thing... There were a while there, there was these things where guys, like the perfect host with the dude from Frasier, where the guy breaks into his house and, and he's a killer and he ends up... It's this whole moment there. This looks more action-packed and right. more cat-and-mouse stuff. Um, lots of neon and fast cuts and that kind of stuff. So I'm interested. I want to yeah, see. Hopefully, I'm it's more than just a slasher film. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Up next, now this is your here's this isn't your slasher film, but this is your generic horror film for Halloween. Kid possession flick called The Prodigy. Basically, just a psychiatrist hypnotizing a kid, and then they imply there's a grabber thing at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Looked interesting. Yeah, I think that it's. It depends, you know, much in the way when you look at the trailer of, like, Orphan, it looks really horrible, and then the film isn't isn't that bad. Well, I think it's always intriguing when that people want to throw children in horror films, mm-hmm. and if this kid has a big enough part, like, I think it would be interesting to see the evolution of that character. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm... 
it, it, it's the fact that any horror film makes it onto these lists every week yeah. is, is a testament to that film because so many horror film trailers are the ones I throw out the most because they're all terrible, and, or they give away the store, or they're made on a on a dime and they look horrible. So the fact that this even the grabber moment was cool. The 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 way they orchestrated the ticking of the the metronome right. and stuff. It was that was really pulling me in. Kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Up next, Netflix cartoon about superheroes that are in drag. It's called <laughs> Super Drags. It's gonna do so well. Yeah, it reminded me. Uh, imagine if the Powerpuff Girls were your stereotypical drag queens, like like yeah. divine kind of drag queens. Um, it looks hilarious and fun and a great way to. I want to say demystify, you know, for 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 people who who have no idea and and are made. It's it's a way to. It's like the 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 what, the, what do they call it? The drag story time at the libraries are happening now. Right. It's a way to say like to to demystify things and to say like this is this person is a person and you should treat him as such and that kind of a thing. Um, I'm in. I think it looks fun. It looks fun. Up next, another Netflix series about a Twin Peaks-like town. It's called Tidelands. This is a series. Um, looked pretty standard, weird town kind of thing, except something to do with the manipulation of water. It reminded me a little of a very vaguely H.P. Lovecraft, Dagon, Shadow Over Innsmouth kind of thing, without all the weirdness. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, it's so I, funny. I, like, you pick up a lot more than I like. I'm, I'm like the grandma who's like, "What's happening? <laughs> Why? What's this about? I don't get it." Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it uh, the people who like things like Ozarks and that kind of stuff that Netflix is doing. This is right up your alley. Up next, documentary on, a, on an obscure movie series that I am a Japanophile and I'd never heard of called Top Knot Detective about a, it was a series of films, low budget, directed, written, produced, starring this guy and he became super famous and something happened. It sounded like a murder and dismemberment. Yeah. They didn't, they were kind of vague about <laughs> that. Like, Alluding to they alluded to it, and then they're nice. like, "But anyway, he was funny." <laughs> but he was so famous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm in just yeah, because it looked really interesting. I'm intrigued. And then finally, a documentary called Transformer about a trans woman who is uh, transitioning from a male power lifter to to uh, trans woman to a trans who, woman. But, but I didn't... Was she continuing to power lift? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it, sh- it was interesting because she was saying that as a woman, she did not see herself as a, mm-hmm. a power lifter. Mm-hmm. Like, she she couldn't envision it. And so, just... I, it just made me so sad it, to, like, it looks, even start It looks to like I'm a, you're going to cry. Yeah. Like talks she, to his, his, uh, their... This person's sons... Talks to I assume his mother and father, who are I'll say the dad was less than supportive. Um, she she seems great. She's big. She's a big body power yeah, lifter. But um, I think this looks amazing. 
And I'm in in such a big, bad way on that. This is the story of Dracula, a creature who destroys all whom he touches. Dracula the terrifying, the feared, who sleeps in the tombs of the dead by day and arises at night to inflict his terror upon the innocent and the unsuspecting. You must help me. You must. You're my only hope. You must. This is not Lucy, the sister you loved. It's only a shell, possessed and corrupted by the evil of Dracula. How do you destroy a fiend who has so far proven himself indestructible? Those who come to end his reign of terror stay to become his victims. Castle Dracula is someone here in Klausenberg. Will you tell me how I get there? You ordered a meal, sir. As an innkeeper, it's my duty to serve you. When you've eaten, I ask you to go and leave us in peace. This is the doctor who dares to challenge the vampire Dracula. This is the anguished man who fears for the lives of his beloved, the girl who is his sister, and the one that is his wife. Dracula, the bedeviled master of all that is evil. So moving on to the, I usually I, I I we talk about what we've been watching, but but at this point we watch the same thing. So we'll just talk about a, a couple things. Um, one thing you didn't watch, I watched Night of the Seagulls, which was a uh, is a third film in the Blind Dead series that you you've seen before, and it was just stupid fun. And then re- a couple of nights ago we sat down and watched you for the first time, Mario Bava's Blood and Black Lace. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. Yeah. structurally a little wonky at times but I just love the use of color and the use of of depth of field and just everything in that film and being really smart like there's a scene where someone gets their face pressed to a hot metal stove and instead of they did it all with lights and color right. and wetness, and it looked like it was molten. Yeah, and, and you know it wasn't. Just beautiful. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, are you reading anything? You're doing school, aren't you? I'm, so I'm done. We're waiting to hear that whether Katia graduated, got out of college <laughs> today. Took decades. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm reading uh, class. Carl uh, um, von Clausewitz is on war. It's a, it's about as big as your head, and it's slow going. And I just picked up a book today um, by a guy named Mitford. It was originally called Tales of Old Japan. This version is called um, Tales of the Samurai, and it's about werewolves, vampires, supernatural entities in Japanese mythology. And I'm pretty excited about that. Actually, I'm reading a book. You'd be surprised to know. What are you reading? Kate Granville's The Case Against Fragrance. Which Tell me about that. I learned about this book um, from listening to Mysterious Universe, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite podcasts um, out of Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, she basically talks about how uh, 
fragrance oils and synthetic fragrances and other toxins are killing us. So, mm -hmm. like, people who wear too much perfume, it's not just annoying. It, it actually um, well, they're finding micro migraines. They're finding microbeads in everything now. Well, you know. yeah, and it, but it, anyway, so petroleum-based products, bad. Okay. So that's my hippy dippy news report, <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh, let's see. I am. I've got a ton of stuff to talk about as far as music goes. So we'll go through these. Try to go through these pretty quick. But first, have you, are you listening to anything? Um, yeah. I so since I've been finishing school, like I can't really listen to stuff that's too distracting. So. I've just made one giant Westworld soundtrack oh, playlist, and it just repeats. Repeats so and repeats. Yeah. So, so good. When I'm done with school, I can start listening. Right on. Cheesy pop music again. Uh, much to your chagrin. <laughs> much to my chagrin. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here here we go. Here's a rundown. Angelique Kidjo, she's uh, from Africa. The record is called Sings. She's got this giant basso voice and she sings in front of a huge orchestra and it is pretty amazing new record called by popular demand by jill scott um soul record very uh very not quite stormy but and not aretha franklin but somewhere in the middle maybe closer to erica badu that kind mm. of thing uh deva premal the record is called deva it's a chanty new agey thing like back in the 80s when new age was happening this was this record would have fit right in with all of those kt tunstall records called wax which is it's pop rock it's she's kind of a rocker in the joe jet joan jet form um soundtrack uh actually it's not a soundtrack ryan sheehan it's called tiny blue biosphere vocal ambient another record called by pastel ghost called Ethereality, more ethereal ambient. This is a lot, so we're gonna go so through. So many. More ethereal amb ambient. Max Essa's Lanterns, and there's a record called Light Pipe by M. Geddes Gangross. Um, both, all of them, all of these ethereal ambient things are great. They're great to write to. They're great to put on while you're doing something else. Um, I found a copy of Stu Phillips's score to Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, and that was very odd, very 60s, very, you know, sounded like an Austin Powers kind of a record. Or like when a, did that come out? Oh, uh, that would have been late 60s, early 70s, <laughs> I know, right? Do you listen to these more than once, or do you just like listen to it one time and then I listen to something once maybe twice and then I move on because I've got a giant list of new releases D behind you it. don't need to like redigest things you just no. like go with first impressions usually first impressions what I feel and whether I enjoyed it or not and whether I think others I don't want to get too too specific with stuff but just generally give a tone and like if you go to my Facebook page when I review this stuff I'm a little more in depth and I will include YouTube links to the records so that people can go look at it um, of all things my daughter our daughter Imagine that. Called me and told me about a band called the Electric Peanut Butter Company. They have two records out called Transatlantic Psych Classics Volume 1 and 2, and they're great. They're like uh, Mikugaku Moyo. They're modern, but they're doing this sort of 60s, retro-y, very groovy. The whole thing is very groovy. 
bunch of Prince records. We finished up the Prince stuff with Come, Hit and Run, Phase 1 and 2, One Night Alone Live, and News. Of the of all of that, News is like, it's a jazz record, and it's fucking amazing. And then this live record, One Night Alone, um, it's him alone with like a piano and a guitar playing, and the crowd is super supportive, the crowd's super small, and it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, Ryo Takawa, record called Ten. Acid Jazz from Japan, Dominic Lewis's soundtrack to Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween, it's generic soundtrack music, a uh, record by Madhouse singer Suggs called The Lone Ranger, is, it was great, it was very good, he does a, it begins with um, a Beatles cover, that's great, really, really, really yeah, good. I listened to it a little bit as you were playing, uh-huh. and I, I dig it. Yeah, it was good, it. it's I'm, got that heavy backbeat scar. Yeah, exactly. Um... Soundtrack to The Happy Prince, the Oscar Wilde thing that Rupert Everett did by Gabriel Yard. Soundtrack to First Man by Jason Hurwitz. Amazing. Both really, really, really good. I found a Tim Maya record. He's a South American Portuguese soul singer that I've covered a lot in the past. Um, New record from 1978 was great. Whitesnake. I managed to make it through this... Kinda. I tapped out this five disc white snake. Like, how many so different true. versions do you need to hear of Is This Love? But there's five. about five of them. <laughs> I need five. So I could have taken that. The two losers of the week are uh, Edie Burkell and New Bohemians have a record out called Rocket, which is horrible. And then Tom York of Radiohead did the soundtrack to Suspiria, and it's it's terrible. I feel like you're not ever gonna. I mean, yeah, it's coming out to a new audience, but like, Suspiria needs the right. Yeah, right. It's like saying like I'm gonna do the I'm gonna remake the Andalusian Dog and take out all the trickery. It's like stop it. (laughs) It's like just yeah. yeah, um, So when you listen to a soundtrack and you really like it, does it make you want to watch the movie because you want to like connect imagery with like I wonder what was going on in this. This well, I think a lot of times when I say generic soundtrack music, in the context of the film, the music works. Right. But without the film, I'm dealing just with the music. Yeah. And so often, it, it's music that um, uh, uh, Elmer Bernstein... By my space on that guy's name. Anyway, said that it's music for when the fish swims by. It's it right. serves the the narrative of the film. Sometimes you can you know look at like Vangelis's Blade Runner. That transcends the film, and you can listen to it as a record and still enjoy it. So uh, sometimes it also depends on what I'm doing with it. Like I have a giant four thousand song playlist that's just called Inspire. So when I hear these songs, I throw it on there, and then if I go to the gym or if I go running, I put my headphones in, and my music is all inspirational. So it works for me that way, but um, I'm not a person that revisits things. Right. You want to get that 3100 soundtrack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound of people running on sand. (laughs) They're going to find you collapsed on the treadmill. (laughs) I know. Uh, uh, So that's about it. That's a a uh, short show.
What are you up to? What are you going to do now that you're not in school? Should I get my master's degree? <laughs> Maybe when I'm 80, I'll be done. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I, I'm going to conquer the world, I guess. Good job. With my degree. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Everyone with their de- degrees out there going like, oh. You're going to be a house husband now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I have some news, some exciting stuff. Today, my No Flesh Shabby Spirit Don't Look Back premiered on Amazon for Kindle. Woo-hoo. I'm going, I'm looking at the guts of the print book now, and I'm going to send that back, and in a couple, hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll have print copies. Nice. That's very, very cool. Um... Uh, I also, as you know, I, I found an old hard drive, dug into it, found a guy that could harvest the data, got the data, and um, um, what I found was just two terabytes of stuff, including whole episodes of a old podcast I used to do called The Night Crew. I just posted an 80-minute interview that I did with, a, with another writer, uh, with Karen Black, before she died. I've got hours and hours of raw interview footage. Every single person I ever interviewed for Fango or Dread Central, I've got the file on, the oh, audio file on. So, so I'm going to be posting that stuff up to... You should give that guy a local shout-out. Yeah, Haywire Computer on James in Bellingham. Bellingham. He, he knows his stuff. Awesome dude. And he didn't charge you $500. <laughs> yeah, they, someone asked me about that. We're going to do five, wanted 500 bucks just to get it off. And this guy was, was 50, and then did a great job. Did a great job. So that's exciting. Uh, please visit the uh, show's Facebook page and my Facebook page um, for updates and for links to things like the the records I'm talking about. And uh, go to my website as well because there's a YouTube playlist on the sh- this show's page that will lead you to a playlist of all 12 of the trailers we talked about. So you can go find that stuff out. Thanks. That was fun. You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry about the live from Bleedingham thing. Technical, there's always a ghost in the machine. Awesome. For the Bonus Material Podcast, I'm Tom Carnell. And QTSC. See you next week. What? Eat deal.